and welcome to the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre podcast, the Future of Radiotherapy series. This series is brought to you by the CRUK Radnet Cambridge programme in partnership with our lovely patient and public involvement and engagement group. On today's episode, I'm joined by Christina and Caroline to talk about surface guided radiotherapy, what it is, and how does this impact treatment. For this series, uh, we have a patient representative here to ask the questions that you would want to know and to discuss from the perspective of our patients and the public. So we've got Christina, who is our therapeutic radiographer, who has been qualified for 13 years and is also the head of technical operations here at Addenbrooke's Hospital. Hello. And we've got Caroline, who is um, one of our patient and public involvement members who's recently received radiotherapy treatment for breast cancer. Hello. To start with, Christina, could you could you just give us a brief overview of what surface what we mean by surface guided radiotherapy so i would explain it as a system that helps us track and monitor patient's position and the way that it does it uses three sort of different cameras and within that sort of system you've got a software that basically puts imagine thousands of sort of beads like in your bean bags you know so lots of different beads and that sort of tracks the patient's sort of shape and it's really clever because then that software compares how our patients were when they come for their planning CT scan and basically looks at the patient's shape on a sort of day-to-day basis and then we're able to basically put one on top of the other and make match that sort of bead shape if you like. What sort of treatments could be impacted by the introduction of surface guided radiotherapy? I know it's quite new still but what what could we expect from it? So I think it can impact on any patient that we would routinely add skin reference marks, so commonly known as tattoos. So in that sense, the vast majority of our patients have to have those done. So it could replace them. So it means that it's less invasive for patients. It then can add extra to patients where we sort of would image more frequently. So take more x-rays frequently to see where we are treating because we can't use those sort of skin tattoos to know where the the radiotherapy is going. So breast patients going through radiotherapy for breast cancer obviously would be a massive impact um, for them because those would be a category of patients where, you know, we can look at reducing those x-rays that we take on on a day-to-day basis and there's already quite a bit of data showing that that's the sort of the trend that we're looking um, towards. It also might have quite a big impact on those patients that require 
sort of shell made, so a mask made, and um, to have treatment sort of within their brain. And um, so you, commonly we sort of would do a full face mask, but with the SGRT, it could be that we can have an open mask made, which would be more comfortable for patients. Brilliant, thank you. So this leads me on to introducing Caroline a little bit more. So Caroline, could you tell us First of all, just a little bit about your experience of radiotherapy and the, the treatment that you received. I'd like to talk a little bit more about my experience of radiotherapy and the treatment that I received, which was the last part of a comprehensive treatment package for stage three breast cancer before going on to longer term tablets. So after the chemotherapy and the surgery, I then had radiotherapy, which meant 15 sessions over the course of three weeks. Before the treatment, I obviously had to come in for a planning session and my consultant suggested that I practice the inspiration, breath hold and preparation for the treatment ahead of the planning session so that we could plan as effectively as possible. Uh, what is deep inspiration breath hold? What that means is you take a really deep breath as consistently as possible and then you hold that breath while the radiation is being delivered and it helps to create a larger space in your rib cage, and that means your heart is further back away from the radiation and therefore less likely to get injured during the, radi- during the treatment. However, when we were doing the planning session, we did a practice run And because I'm hearing impaired, and this was quite important because I wanted to make sure that I could hear the instructions. In other words, hold your breath, keep holding it, let go. And the machine is quite noisy and my hearing impairment, I couldn't hear those instructions over the noise of the machine. We talked about this together, so myself and chemotherapist, and what do we do about this? And obviously, given that I couldn't hear the instructions, we decided the most sensible thing to do was not to do the deep inspiration breath hold and I was reassured that this wouldn't compromise how effective the treatment was but as part of this I was thinking well you know what maybe there's ways of improving how radiation can be delivered for other people who are hearing impaired or maybe people for whom their first language is not English and that uh, started uh, a beautiful dialogue. Thank you Caroline I think you described deep inspiration breath hold better than most radiographers that was that was a really good explanation of that Christina Caroline as she's just explained has had a really unique experience with radiotherapy could surface guided radiotherapy help with some of the challenges we face with breath hold and with breast cancer radiotherapy I believe it's definitely a step in the right direction so as part of the surface guided radiotherapy systems And this is my experience with a product that we are about to implement at Addenbrooke's Hospital. And they have the ability, you know, to have what they call a real time sort of coach system. And that's a visual aid in which the patient can be in complete control of their sort of breathing sort of cycle if you like and when they take a deep breath in they basically seeing this in on the little screen so nothing's touching the patient and they will know exactly where to hold 
and it will and basically when they get to the correct point there's a little line and there's a green bar that goes on top of the line and patients can then sort of relinquish that control they can hold and they'll know exactly that they're doing at the right point and that's a very much of a visual aid and so in that sense i think this would have been um perfect to aid caroline in sort of go through the treatment um in um breath hold but also if we were to say some of our patients we know that you know, it's so difficult to make sure that every deep breath you take is exactly the same as the one before. And the more we take those breaths, the more sort of tired you get. And sometimes basically we tend to arch our back and try and get all that air into your lungs and really achieve that position. What is particularly interesting with a surface guided um, is that Although the arch of the back with other systems might give the indication that the patients are achieving the same deep breath hold, surface guided is able to look at that curvature of the shape of the patient. So even though you might be taking that really deep breath in and you think you can achieve that breath hold, the machine will not switch on. So the radiation is not being delivered if the surface guided is saying that basically the shape that you're making on the treatment couch is not matching the one that you were when you had your planning CT scan. And that's something that's really quite unique and exciting because we know that it's one of our difficulties um, with, with how we track breath hold at the moment. Thank you, Christina. It is really interesting because, like you say, they're one of the two things that, like we've said, is challenging. If we don't have a visual aid, Caroline, you know, couldn't see couldn't see where her breath hold was because you couldn't hear the instructions. But also for us as radiographers, it's good to know that that, that safety net as well that means that even if we can see on one system that the breath is the same actually we're not in the right place and and that means that when we do more complex treatments actually we're we're also reinforcing that we're in the same place each time so it's that extra element of safety I suppose so Caroline did you have any questions uh you'd like to know as a patient as a patient if they wanted to take part in a surface guided trial or research at all I think surface guided radiotherapy sounds incredible and awesome and I would have loved to have had the opportunity to take part in a trial. I would have signed up straight away. But some of the questions that I'd like to ask, I think you've done a really good job of explaining how does it actually work and what the benefits are. One thing I would like to know is, does it take longer during the radiation treatment or the planning part? Do you get a chance to practice how it works and does it increase the amount of time you're in the department for? I would say it would probably be quicker because I think initially from a pre-treatment point of view, so at the stage where we're finalising your perfect position for your radiotherapy treatment, is that absence of tattoos so again there's 
quite a lot of data being published that suggests that surface guided radiotherapy can replace having those skin marks done, so those tattoos done. So one, I think that is quite a massive impact for patients because it means that there's no physical sort of intervention and there'll be sort of no memory in that sense of that sort of stage of the treatment for those patients that, you know, don't want to sort of have any memory of what's happened. But also with the surface guided radiotherapy, so because it's looking at thousands of points within that area that we're treating, it then means that we sort of have this computer system and you click on two or three things and then the bed sort of positions the patient and the radiographers will potentially move just very, very minimally. It then means that in terms of the sort of manual intervention that we would usually have in terms of position uh, patients in a 3D position with the skin tattoos, that is now replaced by what you could argue more accurate um, system because it is completely tracking that region of interest which for Caroline's um, case um, it would be the breast and in terms of then if we then can make the sort of you know from a, a delivering the imaging uh, point of view again if we can look at the data and like Caroline's saying, in terms of developing the trials, and we can then make the connection of is the external shape of the breast representative of what we're treating? And if it is completely representative of the area that we're treating, then we can reduce the amount of x-rays that we're taking. And if we reduce the amount of x-rays that we're taking, we're giving the patient less radiation. We then spend in less time imaging our patients. And from that point of view, you know, I've treated many patients that they sort of wait for the time, you know, when the radiographers are assessing those images and it's time that's filled probably by lots of different thoughts Are the images. Okay, did I breathe the right amount? Oh, is my heart going to be in the way? Or, you know, lots of different things. Whereas I think with the surface guided, it can give that reassurance to patients and ultimately against it, particular, particularly with the breath hold is relinquishing that control to the patient which I think and I don't know if Caroline would agree from her personal um, experiences that you know from the moment where our patients are diagnosed they constantly sort of not told what to do but they sort of sort of informed this is the next step this is what happens next and this is and at no point I think sometimes it feels like they've got control over what's happening so I think from that point of view I think it would be quite a big impact on patients which ultimately is what we we want to achieve.
at a patient, um, you're always motivated to do whatever you can to improve your chances of the treatment working and you're not having to go through any of this again, ideally. And it's so great to hear that this can help to not only make the treatment more effective, but also to hear that potential issues can be minimised. So um, I had a couple of other questions. So it sounds like it's really potentially powerful in being able to compensate for not hearing any instruction. So for me, I can see how it would work. What about impact on other patient groups? So somebody who's visually impaired or restricted mobility or something else, are there any other benefits that you can think of? If I'm completely honest, I'm actually in terms, because with this, this question's quite tricky in that sense, because we always try to offer the standard treatment to our patients, irrespective of, you know, whether their first language is not English. And we always try and think of different ways to ensure that the patients would still have the exactly the same treatment so from the point of view of the SGRT absolutely offers sort of safety like Rachel mentioned I think from a point of view of say if they were uh, visually impaired then we would have to assess you know could the commands that we use this is for breath hold let's assume could we we can still do the commands over our microphone also what's quite important is that if we have patients that you know say for example a, a sort of younger patients theatrics you know some of them we currently have to have under general anesthesia because they're not able to keep still and this is particularly a patient group that's interesting because there's some articles published from america the show that actually the use of the surface guarded radiotherapy has helped, not necessarily keeping them still, but for the time that they could and would keep still, we could they could quickly obviously hold the radiation when they were not in the correct position. But also when they did move from their position, we could I say we the study showed um, or the data showing that they could quite quickly correct for that position and get to sort of that sort of safety level where they could re-radiate and deliver the treatment in a safe manner. So I do think surface guided radiotherapy is something that is going to change how we deliver radiotherapy, you know, in the very, very near future, obviously, you know, yeah. So in terms of the positioning that you mentioned, one of the things that often happens at the beginning of my treatment was that I got squished around in order to make sure that I was lined up in the correct position. It sounds like that being moved around doesn't need to happen to the same degree. I wondered what happens if you have a bonus, so if you've got a frame or something that needs to be laid over the skin in order to increase the doses to the skin. How does SGRT, uh, surface guided radiotherapy, deal with a bolus? 
So as far as I'm aware, if we are to scan our patients um, with, with said sort of bolus or flab or that extra little bit of equipment, the, the surface-guided radiotherapy system is clever enough to have all those thousands of reference little dots on that area of interest and is still able to track the position. We do need to ensure that it's you know, positioned well on the patient, but the software is clever enough that it will track still. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline, for such great questions. I only had one question left, but I think we've pretty much covered it. It was mainly of how surface-guided radiotherapy could change the day-to-day sort of standard practice of radiotherapy. But I think we've actually covered that in your fabulous answers, Christina, to be honest. Perfect. So I'll go on to my final question, which was, where do we see surface-guided radiotherapy being in the next five to ten years? Where, what do you think, Christina? I always think about reducing dose to patients from an imaging point of view. And so we've had IMRT and IGRT being such big impact um, techniques in radiotherapy in the last sort of, you know, five, 10 years that they've been up and coming. And currently we do IGRT so much, which is fantastic because we can really deliver accurate radiotherapy. But it would be interesting to see the correlation on different, you know, treatment sites of that, you know, patient shape um, and those regions of interest, whether we can correlate that to how we sort of each patient would move each day where they come for treatment so i think from a point of view of reducing that imaging dose i think it's massive to overcome the challenges of you know shape change so we know that some of our patients that go through treatment they lose weight and there's change and there's these sort of facilities within the SGRT that they can calculate and they can subtract and we can really track that difference as well, which might be a nice addition to going towards that adaptive radiotherapy, which is something that was mentioned in the On Target 2. And it's something that's definitely the future of radiotherapy. So I think it's a nice combination you know, hopefully in the next five to 10 years, I'd like to see more of that adaptive radiotherapy, more of that trying to reduce that dose of imaging of radiation to patients, still ensuring that, you know, millimeter accuracy in delivering the radiotherapy. Thank you so much, Christina. And it's good that you mentioned adaptive radiotherapy because in a few episodes time, we'll be talking about adaptive radiotherapy as the future of radiotherapy. So uh, thank you for mentioning that. Um, And thank you both for being on the podcast. Caroline, have you got anything you'd like to add about um, Surface Guided in the next five to 10 years? I think that this has the potential to be transformative on many levels for many 
patients and practitioners. So I'm really excited that I've been tangentially involved in a small way. Thank you. And I actually had a question about where the recording aspect of it. So are the images recorded? And if so, how is the data stored and used? I don't know if that's something that... So data is stored. So for all of our patients undergoing radiotherapy, we store that information. Don't quite know for how long, but we always have to store. So there's a record of the treatment that we've delivered. And depending on what we're treating and what we need to do with that information, like I've just mentioned that if there's any changes or any swelling or loss of weight, then we can look for a pattern. And if we do see a pattern, then we can act on it based on those recorded sort of data from the surface guided radiotherapy. Thank you. Thank you so much for you both for joining me today and thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you. Thanks. That was fun.